All right, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Podcast, podcast, woo, woo. And uh, my name's Dusty Slay. Slay, Slay, skeet, skeet. And she is Hannah Hogan. She's a girl, she's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's mumble comedy. Mumble comedy. <laughs> I was explaining to Dusty that, you know, really popular these days is mumble rap with Migos. I had never heard of uh, mumble rap. Well, it's uh, very popular um, in the hip hop world, where you know rappers just kind of quietly speak their their lyrics, and then someone repeats them. So go ahead, say a joke, D- Dusty. Well, um, um, wow, you really put me on the spot with a joke. I mean, what are we on morning radio? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Well, just say something. I just come in here to talk. I'm learning about mumble rap, and now suddenly I got I got to just come out with a joke. I just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it's something better. I mean, I'm not saying you're not doing a good job, but like, I hope. Like there's like a Migos um, um, lyric that goes, I put hot sauce on my chicken. And chicken, go, chicken. Yeah. Woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah, and they go. That sounds hot. Hot, hot. It was hot. That's that's mumble comedy. Maybe we'll try to play a clip of some mumble rap. Should we? Not, I mean, not at the moment. We'll add it in. All right. Can we do that? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so insert clip here. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. Right. We'll add some some mumble rap in. That way, people understand what what we're doing. They can't understand. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like that, just like the opposite of a hype man. Like instead of being like, because it used to be after they would say it louder. Yeah. And now I, they say it quieter. I, I think that's exactly it. I think there was always, you know, people in the background kind of shouting out and being the hype man in hip hop, and now it's kind of a little bit more subtle, more reserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, what we've done this past weekend, where we went, what we did. Uh, we did some comedy. Yeah. Uh, we're both comedians. If this is this is the second podcast, but if you're just tuning into this one, we're comedians. In case you were wondering why it's been so hilarious mm-hmm. this far, that like mm-hmm. you were like, oh, those guys are professionals. Yeah. That's why it was. That and in funny. case you're wondering why this chemistry is so fire, it's because we're lovers. Yeah. We're married to each other. Mm-hmm. And we're also lovers. Yeah. Friends. Lovers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So this weekend, where'd you go? I was in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. And I was at the Laughing School in Atlanta. Yeah. Great club. Yeah. I like it so much. I always have such a good time when I go to Atlanta. And um, it was really nice to, um, I was like part of a Best of Atlanta showcase, so I was doing like 10 minute sets, which was kind of cool for me because I don't really do 10 minute sets ever. I, you do longer sets. Yeah, typically. I either, yeah. I either do 25 minute sets or four minute open mics. Yeah. So it was cool to work at a really cool hip club and get to do um, uh, new stuff. I worked on a lot of new stuff that's been really shaping yeah. up, so I'm feeling really inspired. You got a new joke you're real pumped about. Yeah, I've got a new joke about how I used to be gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're married to a man. Yeah, it's crazy. Life's crazy. You tell 21-year-old Hannah that she's going to end up with a man in Tennessee, I'll be like, mm-mm. Yeah. I'm going to end up with a short-haired crew cut. 37-year-old woman who does landscaping. Yeah, instead of a short-haired woman, you got a long-haired man. I know. Yeah, I have a I have a man that has even nicer hair than me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I appreciate you reserving, not saying, I oh, you know my hair is not nicer. You're such a, you're such a nice man, Dusty. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so you enjoyed your weekend. You had a good time. I had a great time. You know, I had, a, I had some really fun sets. I enjoyed, uh, the process of comedy. And then I also had some really delightful green room chats. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. sometimes you just get like a crew of people in a green room and you feel edified by the conversation. Yeah. I felt like that. I felt like that a, a couple different times, and I felt like I really learned, and I was very uh, intellectually stimulated by uh, several of the comedians I was talking to, and I uh, I like that. That's good for me. You know, my friend Danny Green used to say years ago, I don't know if he would still say this, but he said he wanted to be a comedian just so he could hang out in the green room all the time. Oh, wow. He wow. liked the green room hang. Wow. Was he an only child? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he was, but maybe the youngest. Maybe he was the youngest of the... Yeah, sometimes it can be great. Yeah. You know? That's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I like you, it okay. You can't force it. You can't force a good flow in a green room. And, and I mean, in this green room that I was in, there was like, you know, seven to ten of us because it was a showcase evening. It wasn't like your traditional host feature headliner situation. Um, so there's more forces at work. So there's more opinions... And, um, yeah, we covered a lot of stuff. We talked about Louis C.K.'s possible comeback. And uh, What do you think about that? Well, I opined that I thought... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You did what? I opined. What's that mean? I shared my opinion, and I opined it. Oh. I opined. I opined. I opined. You understand. It comes from the... It derives from the word opinion. Yeah. I opined. I grew up under pine trees, so when I hear (laughs) pine, I just go right to pine cones, pine straw, pine trees... You certainly do, Dusty. Yeah. Yeah, I opined that, and, and um, you know, I felt a little scared to share my opinion, but I'm trying to just share what I feel and be corrected if I'm wrong. Um, but I thought, you know, I think Louis, in a lot of ways, is really gross, but I, I feel like he's going to make a comeback, and I am willing to forgive him, depending on how he comes back. I'm, I'm willing to forgive him, say, sooner than, like, a Harvey Weinstein. Like, I'll never forgive Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby, but with Louis C.K. And I sort of felt weird. Like, I kind of felt like, oh, do people think I'm trying to be the girl that's getting along with the guys? But that wasn't it at all. I was just kind of like, that's just sort of how I feel because I really believe in forgiveness, you know? And I think we, I, I could forgive Louis C.K. And, I, and, I, and that's how I felt. And, and some people, well, all of them disagreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but it instigated, I think, an interesting conversation, which I, which I thought was cool. I think people's opinions are not as black and white as he shouldn't be forgiven or he should be forgiven. I think it's, it's more of a discussion that we've never really had before. So, um, so it was cool. And I, and I got some insights and I had some things to reflect on as far as how I felt about Louis C.K. And made me think, oh, maybe I feel like a certain way because I was raised by men, you know, and. You know, maybe I have some internal sexism that I need to deal with. And so, you know, those are the reflections that I had uh, right before I went on stage. But it was good. That's great. Yeah. Really got into it. Really got deep back there. Yeah, it does. You know you know how I do, Dusty. Yeah. I get, I get too deep sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that, but... Um, <laughs> All right. I mean, I just mean about Louis C.K. Like, I don't know. I... Kind of read the articles. Mainly, I just looked at the headlines. Mm -hmm. So I don't really feel like I should weigh in. And plus, uh, I think it would be weird if Louis C.K. were like, you know, jerking it while I was in the room. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll see you at the show tomorrow. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
But I don't know how it feels as a woman. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'd just be like, dude, that's weird. Oh, it's all weird. I'm I'd not, be I'm, like, that's weird, yeah. but uh, I'll see you. It's definitely weird. Tomorrow. Yeah. And let me know if you want to get lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Text me when you wake up. Yeah. I, you got the weird thing you're doing, but you know what? Yeah. It ain't hurting me. Well, that's no. what people were bringing up to me in the green room. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like it's, you kind of easily forget the details, right, of the stories. And then that's sort of what I was reminded on. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess that is really gross and I'm just saying evil, but. that I don't know how a woman would feel about it. But I'm just saying as a dude, I just would be like, that's weird, but not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, I look at you differently now, but. It is a weird one. It is weird, but yeah. it's like. I mean, you know. Yeah, we don't need to talk about this. I mean, this isn't really on brand for Dusty. You don't want to be talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah. So I went to uh, Lexington, Kentucky, mm. and uh, worked with Burt Kreischer. Oh, yeah. You went had to, such a good weekend. Yeah, I went to Comedy Off-Broadway, which is a great club, really fun. They put you in a nice hotel. And then the great crowds, The every show was sold out. It was mm. packed. People were great. Burt's fans are great. They were laughing at jokes that don't normally even really get laughs. And I was like... Um, like your closer? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, just like... Sometime, one time I have this joke where I say, uh, my parents got divorced when I was two. Then there was a custody battle. My mom lost. So I had to go live with her. One time I said, my parents got divorced when I was two. The whole room laughed. I was like, well, that's not even... <laughs> That's, you know, my parents just got divorced. That's not the funny part. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was great. One time I got an applause break on my CD pitch. Wow. Trying to sell my CDs. I was like, this is, I I say, uh, you know, sometimes I'll say I'll be selling these CDs outside or at the very least I'll be out there holding them. And uh, they gave me an applause break. And I said, I was like, I don't know if you guys are just clapping because I'm so self-aware. But uh, it was great. Now, why do you think that you were getting that kind of reaction? Just like the energy of a, of a, of a, of a crew of people that come because they want to be there as opposed to like, what are we going to do tonight? Go go see comedy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, I, you know, I hadn't seen Burt Kreischer live before, but his show was just fun. He's got a lot of energy. He's a nice guy on and off the stage, so I think it comes across. He's just having a good time. He's just partying. I mean, he is uh, the epitome of we're just having a good time, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think people are pumped to see him. Yeah, I had absolutely no opinion of Burt Kreischer before you worked with him. I, I wasn't particularly following him, but then based on your stories about him and how he treated you, I'm a big Burt Kreischer fan now. Yeah, he's very nice. Um he takes care of his people. He he does a raffle for the servers where he'll collect money. Um, you know, not collect money, but whatever money the audience wants to give. And he puts that in a jar, puts all the servers down on a piece of paper, throws it up in the air, catches one of them, and whoever's name he catches wins all the money in the jar. That is so cool. Yeah. I one love- server, one night, made $480 off the raffle. Wow. So they work their shift, make some money, and then and everyone, uh, he would ask them, what are you going to use this money for? Everyone seemed to have a good story that was almost, it was too quick to make up. They would be like, actually, I have this issue going on right now in my life. This money will help that. 
And it always felt, I saw people in the audience one night, a guy made money and then he's like, you know, his wife's pregnant and there's some complications and more people in the audience started giving the guy money after that. Wow. Yeah. Just a good vibe. That's a very good character. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's spreading the wealth. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, uh, very good energy. At the at the end of the last show, he had to go to the bathroom mid-show, which is very uncharacteristic. Never seen that in a show. He said he's never done it, but he was like, I need to go. So he called me back on stage, uh, which he's been up there for 30 minutes. I mean, the audience is on his side. So they love all this. Thankfully, I had a good set. So I got to go up. I waved to the audience. I got a nice laugh. And uh, I told one joke. That was great. And then he came back, had me repeat the joke again, so I told the exact same joke. That kind of stupefies me, though, because how fast is he, you know, excreting? Yeah, I mean, either... that's a fast... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I pee sometimes, I think, for four minutes, four or five minutes straight. Yeah. It may not be that long, but it... You get you drive for hours and run into a rest stop. But it just seems like he wasn't in there for very long, especially yeah. for like how you know uh, how much he needed it. How he had to get off stage in the middle of his act. Anyways, that's a question I would have asked him. Like, what you like? What, you know, what kind of? I feel like I don't really ask people about that kind of I, stuff. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would never <laughs> ask a grown man what kind of poop he had. Yeah, I feel like I, that's just not a thing. I mean, even when my own husband bro- broaches that subject, which we don't do. We don't we talk don't, about it. We don't need to know about that. Nah. We have a very intimate relationship, but we aren't trying to get up in each other's business. Yeah, it's not something I really want to... I mean, I don't mind if somebody's telling me they have a problem and they're like, let me tell you about my bathroom situation. Mm-hmm. I'll hear it out, mm-hmm. but I never go, hey... How's your bathroom situation? Mm-hmm. You pooping okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, <laughs> seemed like, yeah, seemed like you pooped pretty fast back there. I wonder if... Yeah. You haven't seen a friend in a long time? Hey, man. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since high school. How's your shit? Yeah. Yeah. You drinking enough water? Yeah. You got to get that fiber. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from sugar. It'll yeah. get you. Let me tell you about some yogurts that I know about. Mm, looks like you've been eating cheese. <laughs> Exactly. That's cool. You know what else I liked about your weekend with Bert? Is he fires you up. He did fire me up. He got, you know, he really talked about writing. Mm-hmm. I saw him. We went to lunch one day. He said something about a table that night. He said it on stage. It got laughs. And he's like, you got to be trying stuff all the time. You got to be writing stuff. You got to be trying stuff. Amen. He said, if you're not, and it all makes sense, but if you're not, then you, you know, that writing muscle that you build up over time trying to write all these jokes. Once you get your act, you stop writing, that muscle gets weaker. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's your time to write new jokes again, uh, it's almost like it's your first time writing jokes. You forget how to write jokes. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've really experienced that to be true. I mean, I like writing, so I sit down and I've always liked to write and I've always liked that process. Uh, with stand up, but I definitely have noticed since about last September when I started just really working the road a lot and being around, uh, getting a lot of stage time and forcing myself to sort of write new jokes and build new material. I, I now write jokes faster. Yeah. Like new bits happen and I'm able to figure out, okay, this isn't, 
this isn't anything yet. Like, I, this is not a joke yet. Or, like, as I'm writing, I'm like, I bet this is going to be something. Like, I don't know how it's going to form exactly, but this is, this is going to be something. So you, so your acumen to your, to your jokes, uh, gets stronger. Do you like the words I'm using in this podcast? Yeah, I mean, I like them. I don't know what a lot of them mean, but I like them. Yeah, well, I'm glad you did. I mean, acumens. I was, I like to... Fe- I'm actually not even 100% sure that I used it in the right way. Yeah. I think that I did, but I'm not sure. Oh, actually, I have a clarification, I, a correction I'd like to make from the last podcast. Okay. So the last podcast, we were talking about the books that I've been reading, and I finished the book... Uh, uh, 1960 to 1910 big business in America. 1860? 1860. Thank yeah. you. 1860 to 1910 big business in America. And I read that book and I said that, uh, and you were talking about working in Cleveland and I said, well, Cleveland was where JP Morgan started his oil business. Correction, not JP Morgan, Rockefeller. Mm. Rockefeller was the oil man. JP Morgan is the banker. Carnegie is steel. And I, I literally have been thinking about it all week. I was so embarrassed that like, cause I hate listening to podcasts and I hear someone say something incorrect, a factually incorrect thing. And then they like, don't know it. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking in my head, like you're wrong. That's incorrect fact. And so I feel like there's probably a couple people that were like, JP Morgan was a banker and mm. trying to sound like she's smart reading books, but it was in fact Rockefeller, yeah. Rockefeller oil. Because mm. what I do is I listen and then I'm just like, yeah. And then I feel like I know the things that you just said. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's Maybe what... someone was listening to the podcast and they're like, oh, J.P. Morgan uh, really started the oil in Cleveland. And then they got into a conversation about oil and then they shared my fact incorrectly. Oh, yeah. And then they don't want to listen to the podcast anymore because they think I'm just sprouting out. Um, Incorrect information. What's it called? Uh, false media? Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> False media. Ooh. False media. That False. works, too. Yeah, it does. But Lexington, uh, just on that, was a great city. I had a great time there. They, uh, I mean, I, don't, I didn't experience the city a lot. Mm-hmm. The hotel was walking distance to the club. I went to the Trader Joe's. I went to a cigar shop, which was good, like Schwinn's Pipe Shop or something. They had a nice selection, good cigars. Um I went to a taco place downtown. I forget what it's called, but it's been a few days. I thought we would record this on Monday, but we didn't, and that's fine. We were recording it on Wednesday, the day that we're releasing it. Yes. Yeah. But Hot off the press for all y'all listening to this but, on a Wednesday. But the crowds were just hot in there. Mm. I mean... Like sexually? Yeah. <laughs> you cheat on me this weekend? Oh. <laughs> they were all... Answer me. <laughs> they were always hot. Mm. And just, you go out, you start telling jokes, and it just gets in there. Mm. And then Scott, the host, uh, he had great sets. We had a good time all the way around. That's awesome. That's awesome. I recorded a podcast while I was there. Oh, yeah? Yep. And uh, I'm going to get the name of that podcast because we had a good time. Okay. Well, maybe we can add some mumble rap in here while we're... Yeah, why don't you mumble rap it a bit? Okay. I was walking down the street, and I saw a used condom on the sidewalk. Sidewalk, sidewalk, on the street. Uh, Which is weird, because I don't see used condom on the sidewalk. Skeet, skeet. Um, I forget my joke now. It's hard to do it when you... See, you know, I I don't really want to get into the sketch comedy lifestyle, but... I do have ideas sometimes for sketches that I can't really pull off as a solo performer. 
Um, and I think mumble comedy is one of those examples. I do have ideas for mumble comedy. I'm almost a little bit reticent to share the mumble comedy idea because I feel like it's one of those things that people are going to want to do. You know, they're going to be like, that's a good idea. Mumble comedy, you know, and I could be like, you know, have a mumble comedy group and it, we, we could share things like that. It's uh, it's called the Crossroads Comedy Project and uh, with Josh and Ish. Okay. So it'll be on my Twitter. All right. Um, yeah. So that was a good time. We recorded some stuff. We had a good time. And uh, what about uh, what about this weekend? Well, babe, this weekend me and you are going to be hanging out. We're heading down to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to Zany's tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, for the Brad Paisley show. Big time. Gonna be pretty. I'm pretty pumped about. Um, and then Friday we go to Jacksonville, Maggiano's Little Italy. We got a. Is that the spot? Yeah. We had a great gig. That's cool. Do we go to Jacksonville? Maybe we go to Savannah, hang out for the night. Do you think we're ready to go on the road together? I think so. Yeah. One night I think we can do. Yeah, we don't normally spend this much time together. (laughs) I'm a little worried. (laughs) Normally we spend about three or four days together, and then we both go off on the road, and then we miss each other, and then we get back together, and then we go back on the road. It really um, works for me. Yeah, it's great, but... We're going to have a good time. Jacksonville's going to be good. We're going to get some Maybe sunshine. Maybe I'm PMSing. You better watch out oh, for that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not PMSing. We're going to get some sunshine. Yeah. We are going to get some sunshine. Remember when you said to me like three days ago, let's move to Florida because yeah. it was just cloudy out? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's never going to be spring again. Yeah. Never going to be summer. I'm just like ready. Let's get the sun out. Mm. What's going on up there, you know? Yeah, it looks like a really beautiful day today, though. I think so. But, you know, you're Southern. You're so selfish with your sunshine. I mean, you, you just demand it all the time. And, you know, when you live in subarctic temperatures, you just come to appreciate just a kind of cloudy, misty day. I guess so. But, yeah, I feel like we almost should be moving further south to get more sun. Do you really want to live in Florida, though? Yeah, we could pick a, we could pick a cool place in Florida. There's a lot of traffic in Florida. Is there? Well, Orlando, I think. So, well, I feel there like is a lot of traffic everywhere. There is a lot of traffic. There's people, just like a lot of people in Florida. People love Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Jacksonville's a cool town. Done several things there, Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know how I would be in Florida though. I think it'd be too beach culture for me. It would be a little bit of, out of my uh, out of my breadth of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I think I you mean, could, I just got used to living in the South. I don't think living at the beach is so hard, though. You just mm-hmm. get to go out and hang out in the in the water, the ocean, let the salt water run over you, and just heal your body, really. You know what I think is interesting is uh, when I was growing up, because I was in the Irish family, and uh, we're all pale, and uh, my family's really big into sunscreen, right? Yeah. Like, my whole life, like, any time the summer... Uh, vacations and stuff, it'd be like, put on your sunscreen. Got to put like, it was just like every two hours putting on sunscreen. Then I come down to the South and it's just like sunscreen. Like people are like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go outside and bake in the sun. I'm going to dare some melanoma. Yeah. I don't wear sunscreen. Yeah. And, and, but it bl- kind of blows my mind a little bit. Cause I'm like, well, wh- what's true, you know, is, do I need sunscreen or should I be getting a tan? I think you just got to ease. I mean, some people can't tan, so I can't tell everybody. But for me, you got to ease in. You know, you go out for 30 minutes a day, get some sun, and then eventually you build up. And then you can go to the beach and just hang out. But you also find uh, some real comfort just lying in the sun. Like you're like a little... 
You're like a little potato. You yeah. just like to lie out there. You really soak up that them sun rays. It feels great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Changes my mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't go from like cubicle to three days at the beach with no sunscreen. You're going to burn up. Right. You know, if you work every day inside and then you peel off your shirt, it looks like you're still wearing a shirt because you're so pale. But what about skin damage? That's, especially as a woman, I mean, you're always trying to be like, how am I going to age gracefully? And I mean, a lot of what I've been told is that sun damages your skin. And, uh... But you don't seem to subscribe to that. I mean, I'm sure that it does something, right? But I think there's a lot of things that we do that damage our skin, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, I mean, you don't want to sit out there and, like, roast. You don't want to be, like, tan in bed person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not against a tan in bed. But I'm just saying, you don't want to be roasting up in a tan in bed all the time. I think that makes you... Look like Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people we think about with like leathery skin or whatever. It's like you got to think maybe they were living hard lives, yeah. you know. I wish that smoking wasn't bad for your face and body. I wish there was a healthy cigarette. I think Me that'd too. be great. Oh, that's like my one real wish. Yeah, is that there is a healthy cigarette, and I'm not talking about vape. I will never vape. That's <laughs> these people, these little machines vaping. You never know if they're smoking weed or cigarettes. And it's just sometimes it's scented. I remember one time I like, I actually showed up to a gig in Michigan and the guy running the show. Um, I like came over and introduced myself to him and he was with a group of people and he introduced me to his girlfriend and I, and something smelled really good. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I love your perfume. That's so pretty. And he's like, oh, actually, that's my vape pen. It's French vanilla. I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> well, this is what I, I was think. so confused. Like, I felt so weird to say say all that out loud. And then I felt like I was emasculating him by calling his vape, like, feminine and pretty. But it's like, why do you have French vanilla vape? Well, it's like. I, like why do you have vape? I Just think, smoke a cigarette. Just live. I think some people, you know, they quit uh, the cigarettes and started vaping and they start feeling better. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I get that, but it is weird that just one day everybody had these like smoke machines that look like little walkie talkies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, and they always do it. Like they protect, like they act like they're not like they never acknowledge that they're vaping. They're just like, you're, you're talking to someone, you're talking to someone and then all of a sudden they just pull this thing out of their pocket and they haul on it and then they blow out this vapor and you're just supposed to pretend like that wasn't just weird and obnoxious. Like it's just so weird. Like, And sometimes it's a lot of va- – like yeah. they have like a lot of stuff coming out. And then I'm looking at them being like, are you blazed right now? <laughs> like are you really high right now or did you just have some nicotine? Yeah. You know, so I don't know where they're at. There's competitions I think, smoke vape blowing competitions. Yeah. Where people do like shapes and. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I mean, that's. I was at a comedy club once and I was on stage and the bartender in the very back of the room hit like a vape so big. It was distracting from all the way across the club. I was like, dude. Yeah. Like, what if you just discover that's your talent? Like, I'm like the guy that can vape a lot. Like, that what a sad talent. Vape a lot. Vape a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing about smoking, too. Is like I, I'm I, not a smoker. I just vape a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That is funny, Dusty. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like my thing with cigarettes is like the the idea of a cigarette before I have it is far more appealing than when I'm actually having it. And certainly like after I'm done the cigarette, I'm like, that's gross. Now yeah. I feel heavy and I feel gross, but now I'm addicted and I'm going to smoke for a couple of days. Um, and I, so I wish a, that cigarettes didn't make me physically feel heavier and, and, uh, gross. And, um, also that they didn't cause cancer and make me look older in age, but I do and just have breathing problems in general. Yeah. There's a lot that is not good about it, but certainly the idea of a cigarette, just me just being like, I don't give a shit and just having a smoke, yeah. you know, just letting off that edge. Like I like I like it because it doesn't get you messed up. It doesn't give you high. It doesn't give you a drunk. It just gives you that little hit like I'm doing something wrong and I'm feeding the part of me that doesn't give a s. Yeah, see that's why I like cigars. I feel like that cigars give you that mm. little little, you know, buzz. But see you don't even inhale cigars. So I yeah. don't even understand cigars. Saliva glands. Yeah, I mean I've never really been able to master the cigar inhale. I've never known how to not inhale. Yeah. Because I don't understand the point of it. Because with cigarettes, it's like, I like them too, but I'll be winded just taking a small flight of stairs mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm smoking. And that's what I don't want. Yeah. Like, cancer's one thing. It's like, yeah, that would be awful. But it's just bad to not have, you know, lung capacity. Yeah, but then you think, oh, wouldn't it be cool to, like, have a cigarette and a glass of wine on a patio? And maybe I'm wearing, like, a a red polka dot dress and my hair is blowing in the wind. And a gentleman sort of looks at me twice and I'm like, yes, I am sexy, aren't I? That's sort of like, I'm always chasing that vibe every time I have a smoke. Yeah, that vibe for me is like a bottle of bourbon and a pack of cigarettes. You know what I mean? That's Just being a man. And then driving to the bar. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, mine is definitely just like the independent um, independent spirit of like a 1950s lady who like, def- you know, def- defies the societal norms of getting married and having children. And she's like maybe a, a war correspondent in Paris. And uh, she's uh, she's uncovering some real stories. And perhaps she has a love affair with a German army man and she smokes cigarettes because of course she does it's hard time she's rationing and she has to roll her own tobacco but um she's a free spirit and later on she'll marry uh in her 30s or late 30s and uh she'll share with her with her grandchildren the stories of of her flights of adventure as a young woman and her grandchildren will adore her uh, her children her children will have a complicated relationship with her because she probably became an alcoholic later in life but her grandchildren she'll be able to share and the wisdom that she had with them uh, in the 1950s. And that's sort of the spirit that I try to embody in my day-to-day life, um, but cigarette-free. So it's really just me just drinking 12 cups of coffee, trying to trying to find that, find that vice through caffeine. Well, that's definitely an interesting story. Thank you. I mean, uh, I wonder what it would be like if that same character were just vaping a lot. <laughs> yeah, see, there's, no, there's not even any comparison. You know comparison. what, though? There are small... Vape cigarettes. Is there? Yeah, my friend Joey, he always smokes the small vape cigarette. Wow, but how is it a vape if it's not electronic? I think it is, but it's just a a one-use type thing. Mm. But it's not the same. I mean, to me, there is something about going out, lighting flame to something, and then... And then you smoke that. I mean, it's a calm... Like, I just think that cigarettes cheapen tobacco. 
Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, what I like about you, Dusty, um, really since the beginning is like, unlike all my other exes and ex-boyfriends who are always trying to get me to stop smoking cigarettes, to stop drinking, you know, you, you kind of are like, look, just smoke, just chill out and smoke. (laughs) You're like, I don't want you to get cancer, but I don't want you to be unhappy this afternoon. So just go have a cigarette. Yeah. It really lets me off the hook in a way. And it's good for me too, because my father's so healthy that he would of course never give me that kind of bad advice. But you're kind of like, you know, just, well, I'm just not, have a cigarette. You know, just I don't, chill out. I don't wake up in the morning and go, Hey, why don't you go pick up a pack of cigarettes <laughs> for yourself? But, <laughs> but if you're debating it, I mean, I'm always like, you know, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good for you, mm-hmm. but if you want to do it, yeah, just do it. Yeah, I think that's why one of the reasons we work so well together, because you're real laid back. I'm a little bit more in my head. And plus, I want to smoke, you know, cigars, too. So I'm like, you're smoking. Yeah. I'm smoking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that is actually probably it, too. You, you, you're like, well, I got these vices. Hannah doesn't have any vices, but she'll get off my back smoking cigars if she's smoking cigarettes. Again. Yeah, we can go hang out and smoke together. Yeah, but, but you know, alas... I do not want to smoke because it's just, you know, because the thing is like the once you start smoking, you know, you got to quit, you know, it's true. You can't go into smoking and being like, this is just what I do now. I mean, you could, I could in my twenties in my twenties. I'm like, fuck, I'm 24 years old. I can smoke for a couple of years. It's fine. Once you get into your thirties, you're like, what am I doing? I got like this. I can't sustain myself like this. I smoked my first cigarette for real smoke one in Panama city beach. Mm. It was in Newport. Okay. That was my first one. That's exciting. And it was fantastic. Oh, yeah? I mean, I only smoked the end of one of my friend's cigarettes. Now, did you start smoking right away after that? Well, that's what I did. I, I just took like three puffs off his, and I got this great buzz, and I was like, this is amazing. So I started doing that. I'd be at parties, you know. I would be like, let me get the... I was like a homeless guy out there. Let me get the end of that cigarette, you know. And uh, But it would be my party, so it was okay. And, uh, so you would only want the end? Yeah, just want a few hits. I would catch that buzz off a few hits, but eventually that grew into full cigarettes. Yeah, it does. It happens so fast. And then, and then once you have your own pack, then you can smoke at your own speed. Yeah. And you're like, hell, yeah, I'll do a pack today. Yeah, and I'm the way I am is I will only smoke the first half, and then I put the, I put it out. To me, the fun is the, is the size of the smoke. And once it gets too small, I'm like, I don't want this. Oh, we used to smoke it down to the filter. No, I never would do that. But that's why I would smoke so many cigarettes in a day. Yeah. I would smoke a pack a day, but only half of the cigarette at each time. Yeah. So I was really smoking a half pack, but I was going through them like every 20 minutes. I really like to smoke cigarettes and drive. Mm. On a warm day, not a hot day, a warm day, you roll the windows down. Play some music, have a few drinks, get in the car, smoke a cigarette. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> See, I understand. I never liked that. I always, I could never walk and smoke. That was my big thing. You remember that? Yeah. I, no, I, will I don't not, like walking and smoking too. I'm not like into walking, walking and, smoking. and smoking. I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy that cigarette. I don't want to well, be walking around. That's part of what I think cigarettes ruin. They cheapen tobacco by giving you the easy casual thing. Like it's like. Uh, you're smoking a pipe. That's why you wait till you get home at night to smoke the pipe. You're not hanging out in front of your office smoking a pipe. Mm-hmm. If you are, then you're the guy everybody talks about. Yeah. 
smoking their pipe. I like could that. see you smoking a pipe. Well, sometimes I'll smoke a cigar and put it out and put it in my pocket and then pull in it. So that's so I get it. Uh, but uh, you know, sometimes you just don't have an hour to smoke something, but maybe you have thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. So you smoke about half and put it out, put it in your shirt pocket, where you can smell it all day. Well, you've really come a long way, though, because you used to be quite a uh, a drinker and a smoker and a you know philanderer, I believe. Well, and oh, well, not philanderer, but like you were out there, you know. Yeah, I was just hanging out. Yeah, but now you don't drink. Yeah, and you don't smoke cigarettes. You just uh, enjoy a cigar. Yeah, and it's that's great. Good. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And I don't have anything. I just have. I just have. Stuff you like working out, yeah. Um, my friendships. So, what do you uh, have you read a crazier thing or watched a crazy video? Oh, yeah, we started watching Flint last night. Oh, yeah, that Flint, oh, it was yeah. pretty good, but it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it was pretty informative because you know, I'm, I'm sure when people we watch a documentary about Flint, Michigan, and so I think when most people think about Flint now, they think about the water crisis and the lead poisoning. But really what that documentary was uncovering was that there's always been a lot of problems in Flint uh, due to crime and poverty and uh, lack of government funding for the city, like just like a poor city. And so the problems in Flint are not limited to the water problem. Yeah, this one guy said the household median income, the average was 86000 in 1980, mm-hmm. and now it's 21000 Yeah. And then they also said, I think there's like 300,000 people in Flint and there's only 98 police cars. Yeah, something like that. Surveying the whole city. They went down from 300 officers to 98 officers. Oh, okay. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an example of messing up a fact and me just being like, I hope that's right. Yeah. Like one guy, he called the police and then like the next day they showed up and he had already been to the hospital and got his wound yeah. Fixed. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. That would never happen in Canada. No? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think so. Well, you know, maybe some small parts where, like, rural areas, like, just it takes a long time to get to where some people live. Well, I just feel like, though, like, with Canada and the U.S., like, because Canada is more of a socialist country, that everyone's basically middle class. Yeah, I mean, the police are already listening anyway. So they know what's going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's less crime, but the, but there's also, I just feel like there's not, there's no ghettos in Canada, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's not, like, there's poor neighborhoods, I guess, but everyone's kind of, there's not this, like, uh, real wealth inequality and uh, abandoned towns in any in any obvious way like there is in America. Yeah, the Flint, I mean, it was clear that the Flint was just highlighting the bad houses. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of bad houses in, in all cities. Yeah. But it looked pretty bad. Yeah. What about you? Did you, have you been watching any videos? You got any conspiracies you want to fling at me? No, I don't think anything new. I mean, I can't think of anything that I've been watching, mm-hmm. um, really. Mm-hmm. Nothing that's not too crazy to get into, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, nothing that you want to share publicly so that people know that you hold those views. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, not even any. There's not even any fun conspiracies out there right now. I feel like I've watched too many things. Well, YouTube's changing, right? There's a lot of these guys that are making like wacky videos or, or counterculture videos. Yeah. Uh, are being like demonetized and right because you know a lot of people are saying that it's like you know if they have conspiracy channels they're being demonetized and stuff like that but then this girl that shot up YouTube I mean her videos weren't conspiracy related I mean she was talking about being a vegan I mean her videos looked a little crazy mm-hmm. but just not dangerous you know but maybe it's because she was talking smack at YouTube in her videos. Oh, maybe. Well, I think that she started that because her videos views started to go down. Mm-hmm. And maybe people just stopped tuning in. Yeah. I mean, people stopped tuning in to my country music uh, YouTube show. I can't believe it. I know. I, I have mean, no idea why. Each video gets me the least amount of views that I've had so far. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm still having a good time doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and plus you say that even though maybe the views are going down, you keep getting more and more subscribers. So it's I kinda, do get more it's subscribers. Like, how are you weighing? Yeah, the Dusty difference. says, yeah, it's top five country songs. Um, yeah. Just go check that out by me mm-hmm. if you want to see that. I got a nice Shel Silverstein video. He wrote children's books, and then he wrote a lot of great songs. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of Shel Silverstein. Sounds like a gas station. Yeah, he wrote, uh, I used to have one of those books here. Light in the Attic. Oh, yeah? Where the sidewalk ends. Well, I like you doing those country music videos because I think it plays into your personal knowledge because you listen to a lot of country music. You know a lot about um, older artists, like not so much new country, yeah. old country. You appreciate a good, sad song. That's true. You know, and, and it's actually pretty incredible because the whole time we've been together, you've been listening to country music, and I have been in no way influenced to like country music at all. I don't. Even now? Nah. I don't. I still don't. Like, I never would leave on a country music station or I wouldn't seek out any country musicians. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, it never has uh, appealed to me. But that's okay. I mean, I guess that, I don't know. I love it, so. I know you do. And I'm into you loving it. I think it's the best. I mean, there's some stuff like classic rock I really like. I mean, you know, I like folk folky type stuff mm. like what would you say paul simon is a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't like si- pa- simon and garfunkel see i like them i hate them and i like uh i like tom petty mm. and i don't know that you would say that tom petty was country yeah I, no i wouldn't say he's country at all what would you say he is just rock, rock? yeah yeah i love tom petty yeah um i mean i like the dixie chicks yeah, I mean, the Dixie Chicks got some stuff. That's I like good, Dolly but. Parton as an entity, not necessarily her music. I like um, I like Johnny Cash, but just because it's trendy. <laughs> Johnny Cash is great, though. He's like a, in the music category all his own. All his own. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Petty. I don't, that's what I think about Tom Petty. I don't think Tom Petty is a genre. I think, or I think he is his own genre. I kind of like Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is great. I get a little fired up when I hear Garth Brooks on the radio. I feel like I don't hear Garth Brooks yeah, a lot on the radio. 90, Maybe it's because I don't listen to country music. But like, 90s country yeah. is where it's at. I mean, I like 90s, 80s, 70s. I like to do that backwards. but I like Reba. Reba? Like, more 90s country. I can say country. what was her name. Yeah. She said, I don't know, 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 I don't know
<laughs> like don't know the words at all but i i mean i like that she's just writing about a girl becoming a prostitute yeah i mean i think that was a cover i don't think reba really writes anything oh okay but she does got a great voice and she yeah. gets into it yeah she's just like a likable red-haired woman yeah if she writes songs i don't know which one she's wrote but i know like her big ones like fancy and 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 lights went out in georgia oh yeah those were both covers yeah but, uh, you know, she's got some great... I like the, the... There's a song called The Greatest Man I Ever Knew. Very sad Reba song, or very serious. Yeah, you shared that with me. It's great. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, you bought me an album, or you yeah. you, you burned an album for me. I don't like your, your guy, uh, Jason Isabel. Yeah, I mean, well... I don't like these soft-spoken singer-songwriters. I feel like there's so many of them, and they all sound the same, like... Well, I feel this it's is like just. Oh. I just feel like he didn't. He didn't start completely that way. It just went that direction. Yeah. And each album seems to get more folky, less rock, less country, and uh, yeah. I mean, I like I like a little jam in there too, like the southeastern album by Jason Isbell. Pretty soft. Great, but pretty soft. And he's got one, like, just jam out, don't want to die in a Super 8 motel type song. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's all right. Well, we've done in about 44 minutes. Yeah, you want to talk about, uh, talk, you want to do, um. Our sex life? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I just, I feel like we had a great story with the rats last time. Yeah, but that happened naturally. Yeah, that happened organically. Can't force that kind of that kind of heat, unless you know of a good story that I have. I mean, I'm always trying to get you to tell me stories to help me fall asleep at night. Tell me about one of your childhood friends. Named well, Clark that's Clark. not what we want people listening to this podcast to be doing. That's not <laughs> how you. That's not how you get interested. This this guy's such a great storyteller. He helps me fall asleep at night. <laughs> oh yeah. That's true. Oh. <laughs> yeah, your stories, one thing they do, really make me tired. I mean, I don't I don't feel like we need to force stories, you know what I mean? We shared some anecdotes, we shared our thoughts, and we opined a lot. We shared opinions. All right, yeah, so we're in Jacksonville, Florida. This weekend. This weekend, Maggiano's, Little Italy. It's a hot show. Come there. It's going to be great. It's a one-nighter. But we're gonna, I'm headlining, Hannah's featuring. Featuring. Yeah, we're going to rock it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. And uh, check us out, DustySlay.com, HannahHoganComedy.com. Thanks for listening. We're having a good time. Bye.